Oh my god, his ass now. <laughs> Do I have to be fast in the track? I hate that guy. This race could change the rest of your life. Those absolute clowns. We're at 15bmx.com. My bottle got stretched a little bit. I got a tight little butt. Look, I'm about to light this shit up. Coffee chatter live. Where are you guys at? Oh, Canada! Coming out of the answer tent right now. Pop dog millionaire. Let's make some noise. Sorry, Nighthog. Whoa! Show 182, Happy New Year, everyone. We are officially on season five of Coffee Chatter. Unbelievable. This is our fifth year doing the show. Can you believe it, Palm Daddy? It's gone by so fast. Kind of wild to think about it. Hey, five seasons, five years. That, that's uh, it's a big number to hit. We've hit a big milestone. We're right. We're almost at half a million plays total, too. So thanks to all you listeners out there. What are we going to do when we hit one mil? I mean, we got to do something big. Like, it has to be remembered. I mean, we realistically probably won't do anything, but it'd be cool if we could. I don't know how it would be like the countdown. We'd just be waiting. We'd have to do like a live show, maybe countdown, waiting for it, and then do something big. It's not like you can set up like a show 100 we could set up for, do a big show, get people in for it. The the million listens, million plays, you know, that's a little different. That's a, that's a ways away still, but, you know, you got to think big. We got to do something special though, where we have like a special show. We do some giveaways. I don't know. Maybe we get a, we do a day, we do a day with Sylvan Andre where, you know, they can just fly to Sylvan's house and bug him all day and hang out. Who's going to pay for that? <laughs> they can just eat, they can just eat Skittles. Yeah. You know, Coffee Chatter Corporation was fly someone all inclusive to Cavallon, France. Okay. Yeah. The Chatter business uh, to, to have a little meeting, discuss the financials and maybe start saving now. We could make it happen. See what our COO has to say or yeah. CFO. Um, pro Europe winning starts with a great gate. Uh, we all know you gotta, you just, you gotta do pro gate Europe. You just gotta do gates in a pro gate Europe. You don't want to be doing some gate on some clown show apparatus and just go to the race and suck. Like it's gotta be a pro gate Europe. Has to be, has to be. You don't practice on shit and you don't race on shit. You got to practice with the good stuff. If you want to race good on the good stuff, you know, it's just, it's that simple. So it's like, if your track has the crappy stuff, you probably don't want to go to your local track as much as you want to go to your track. If you had a nice, beautiful new pro gate. I mean, just seems pretty obvious, right? So you gotta let you gotta tell your local track. It's twenty twenty three people. There's no time to be having that janky gate from that dad from Davenport, Iowa, who just you know Jimmy rigged it himself. Can't be doing that. No, you can't be. Um, question for Pro Gate Europe: Who had the fastest kink time in Bogota, Colombia, over all four days? Who was the fastest kink time? Do you think on a Pro Gate Europe? Let me let me just say that. I'll go with the easy pick, Cam. You know what? I thought it was going to be him too. It was actually- honestly though, like, sorry, I was just going to say it's probably someone random in some random lap. I was looking at a few today to, to, to figure this out, but it was actually Joris and it was in the final on the last day. So he absolutely popped yeah. one off. Um, but I thought it was going to be Cam Wood too, because the first day, first two days, he was the fastest. One of them was in the semi. One of them was in the main, um, so I thought he was going to be number one, but it was, yeah, Joris got it on the last one. To set those kinds of records, you need a lot of things. Obviously, you have like timing has to be good. Obviously, form has to be good. You have to be flying. Like even like wind conditions will make a an effect on like a whatever two second two second sprint or whatever it is. Not even one second. 
It's true, right? Um, especially when you're chasing hundreds. Yeah. So I, for those, a lot of things has to go right, but that's cool that Joris did. Wow. A lot of times too, I think you've mentioned and said before too, a lot of times it doesn't happen in the final. And like, I looked at Papendal, like the fastest, uh, fastest one at Papendal. I didn't see day two, but day the overall fastest was Eddie and it was in the semi as well. So a lot of times it's happening in the quarter semi when a little less pressure, but you still know you got to get out. Yeah, I think a lot of like a lot of fast laps are done in quarters or semis because sometimes like the, the leader will just get out clean and have a lot of adrenaline and just fucking fly. It's true. Yeah, it's like whereas actually too, when you think about it, the person who wins the main, they're I mean, if they don't think they're they're probably not throwing at the finish line. They might sit down before an arm pump, whereas a quarter in a semi, they're going all the way to the line and throwing their bikes. So that that could make a slight difference too. I was going just for kink time, but yeah, for lap time for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lap time though. I get that for sure. Cause yeah, you're If you're in, if you're in front in the main and you know, you got a little bit of lead, there's no chance you're stretching. You're already celebrating like a few feet before the line. Yeah. And it's funny, like some guys even like track and field hundred meters or whatever, they set a world record as they've been like fist pumping over the finish line. Whereas if they would have actually like finished the race and thrown their head at the line, they could have lowered the world record even lower. That's 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 crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah, the few times they see the Usain Bolt races, and he's like celebrating like twenty, I don't know, twenty meters to go. Still, it feels like. Yeah, or Ben Johnson when he won like in the eighties or whatever, he did the same. He like raised his arm the last ten meters and still set a world record. That's like <laughs> they're going so fast. How much faster really do you think they'd go if they didn't do the celebration? Would it be much faster at all? Do you think? So I read Ben Johnson's uh, coach's tr- book, Charlie Francis is training for speed. And he was talking about, it. so he ran like a nine, seven, nine. And he, he said as a coach, he was, he was annoyed and frustrated that Ben didn't go to the finish line because he wanted to see how, how fast like the human body could go at the time. Yeah. And so he, in his book, he was calculating it like, okay, say he, like he, he noticed the point, the point where he eased up notice the point where he raised his arm and like kind of backtrack. And he thinks he could have gone around nine, seven instead of nine, seven, nine. So quite a significant difference. That's like in track and field, a hundred meter. That's huge. It's, it's like, a, yeah, it's almost a full 10th. That's a mile. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't it? So, and remember, uh, I don't know if you remember Usain Bolt in like, I think it was London. Is it London or Beijing? I think it was probably Beijing when he first won to the last like 20 meters. It's like hitting his chest. It's great. Yeah. Cause he was like, he was smoking them. He was smoking them. Oh my God. Yeah. So the thing, the difference, he could have gone so, and he ended up setting it at the world championships, I think the year after in 2009. And that's the one that still stands now. I thought it was, and I think wasn't his Beijing time super quick though, too. It was, but then the world records now he set it again a year later at the world champs. And that's the one that is standing still. It's like nine, five, eight or something unreal but i mean probably at the olympics in london because he probably did like nine six if he would have gone to the line who knows he probably could have gone maybe nine five flat i don't know yeah wow can you imagine that'd be nice i don't think it'll ever that won't i don't think that'll be broken ever uh yeah that one's gonna be tough we talked about before but it becomes it comes down to having a genetic freak that puts everything into it like he did like you just everything the stars have to align i think to get to that and that's who knows when that's going to happen next. You know, what's amazing though. Like when the, when they had the Chula Vista, obviously Beijing world cups, like Oh nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever. It was really cool to see the lap times drop year to year. It was unbelievable. They're dropping like a full second. That was wild. Like I almost didn't like, it's hard to believe they dropped that much because it's like the guys were the top of the top at that time, like the year before the years before. And then as it went on, 
Do you think like the track mellows out at all? Like that, that helps it at all? Or do you think it's just people mm-hmm. get, getting faster at that time? I think it does mellow out. It's hard to say how much that one specifically mellowed out though. If it's soil tacked in a climate like San Diego, it's not like, I feel like it's not going to mellow out a ton, right? No, that's what I feel like too. Like people are always like, okay, over the years, it's got to have like mellowed itself mm-hmm. out, but it's like, that thing is concrete. It's all glued together. I think it does though. It does. It would mellow out a little bit for sure. Like, Cause the ground doesn't matter. Like the, the ground, your house is under settles. That's True. why you get like minor cracks or like doors, like all of a sudden Freaky. are a bit sticky. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as you have people ride it, it is going to pack in a little, but I think, especially at that time, like 2009 to 12, Supercross was like, it was kind of just starting to be mainstream in our sport. And then a few, few, few years later, everyone was pretty dialed in on Supercross. So I think everyone yeah. was just getting better and better. Although there's obviously to a point, like it's not like you race 10 years on that track and you need to drop a second every time and you're doing 20 second lap times at Chula. Okay. And no, <laughs> like that's not happening. <laughs> I think it gets to a point where you can only go so fast at a jump. Like you on that third straight, even now you can't go really, you can't really go full speed without really playing with limits. It's tough. You need a lot of good, clean runs to, to put one together because yeah, like let's think of all the jumps that it's like, it has changed now. Like the first stage changed, but let's say you take the last three straight straights, which have been, I think the exact same that step up. Mm-hmm. If you're going hundred percent, you're going to get it. Maybe one out of 15 tries. Perfect. You're going hundred percent. So that's why you're always backing off a bit. Third straight. Yeah. If you're going hundred percent, you're probably getting it one out of 10. Perfect. You know, it's tough, really tough. Yeah. And it's like, how many times at a track do you really go full gas at a pro section? Like not really not that often. There's some, I feel like, yeah, I feel like these days it's more common because it's so mellow, but I feel like then. Yeah. As soon as I said that, different. I was thinking of Columbia and other yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even Columbia, let's say like, um, like the second straight is tiny. I remember at least when the guys like Sylvan doing the triple, like Eddie and Isaac were all doing like the, tri- they, they tried the triple in the second turn, massive one, really cool. The jumps are so small before. I don't think any of them went a hundred percent in the straight to let's to jump that triple because if they went a hundred, they're off to making mistakes in the jump. So they'd cut it back to like, say at least 90% probably. And then mm-hmm. be smooth, smooth. And that was quicker after because of getting the jump smoother. Yeah. Come to think of it. There are a lot of tracks now where you can go full gas. But even like, I mean, look at the Olympics, like you could barely go, you guys could barely go full gas the second jump on the track. Yeah, that was dumb. That was just good. And it's like, yeah. And if you're, yeah. So it kind of gets to a point of diminishing returns on a lot of tracks, on a lot of tracks, I think, especially like the Beijing one specifically, you can really only, I mean, yeah, you can just suck it up more, but I mean, the second straight, if you just enter way faster, way faster every time, it's going to be tough to get the landing on the first one. And then the third straight, like, if you try to go like faster and faster into it, you're going to end up crashing. Seriously though. It's they're steep. They're peaky and they're small. Yeah. So I want to know, um, I want to ask like someone like Mikey or, uh, like Donnie or somebody who rode the trials. I watched the video of the trials again in 08, I guess, was it 07 when the trials were anyways? 08 trials. Yeah. There's only like a two months before the Olympics. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, I watched those again and the backside of that step up looked it didn't look as steep as it feels now. If that makes sense. Like the, the landing of the step up didn't look as high either. And I want to know if that was built up after the fact or not. I don't know. Cause I don't know if maybe it's just the angle that I was getting or watching it at, or if it was, yeah. I don't think they've ever, I could, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they did make it like steeper okay. or anything. Cause the only thing I know that they did a little bit was the lip of the berm jump. They changed that a bit apparently. 
I don't know when or when that was. It might have been after a couple of the World Cups. Like it wasn't like it was right after the trials or anything. I think it was like oh nine, oh ten, eleven, maybe. Oh eleven. <laughs> but did yeah. they make it steeper? I think they did make it steeper because it was pretty mellow from what I remember the first few times mm-hmm. watching it. Just an absolute timeless track that one. It is. If you have if someone hasn't ridden it, like Man, you're missing out. You got to ride it at least once in your life. It's going to be up for who knows how many more years, but you got to get and ride, go and ride it. One of the most famous tracks in BMX, no <laughs> question. That's pretty sick. You got to say. They don't actually make third straights like that anymore. Where you like you once you once you jump the first one, you're committed. Like you can't break. I don't think they really make those anymore. Not a whole lot, hey. We went. We've no. The waves of the sport and how the the skills and tracks have changed like it went to that for a while whereas like super tech you jump in and you're locked in to kind of back to a bunch of ma- excuse me a bunch of manuals kind of mellow now it's a little bit of a mix of both sometimes but nothing that crazy right so me and sylvan were kind of talking about this i just thought of this after because he listened to the bubba show when we were talking about three mains and whatever and i'll get to what we were talking about but it's kind of reminded me it's like it's kind of an interesting debate do you think so like the general consensus of UCI and stuff, they wanted to dial the tracks down to avoid injuries because obviously it's, there's a lot of big crashes in Supercross, especially like we all know. But it's almost like if the track is so easy, you don't really have to think. You can just fucking go 110 without without regard and you don't really respect the track. Whereas if it's a third straight like Chula or even that second straight, you have to respect because it's tech. It's almost maybe safer because at that point you you have to race the track. You can't just, just go in like a battering ram through everything. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I think it's a, that's a huge factor to be honest nowadays and why we see some of the explosions that we do. My whole thing was when we started making the first jumps manualable and, or just very easy. I hated it because it felt to me like people that weren't as skilled were more confident to go over the first jump in a pack or between people or in a pinch box. And also people that were, a little crazy, we're very willing to go crazy over the first jump and cause some chaos because there's no big gap that they're worried about clearing. And I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. before when it was technical, and I'm just taking with the first jump, that people understood that, okay, if you're getting cut off, I'm not going to drive it in there and do something nuts. I'm going to back off a little bit, make sure I get over the first jump and keep racing. Or, yeah, or like something like that. It's like, or else something like what happened to Sylvan and Carlos unfortunately happens. Like there was, theirs was pretty fluky, but... Yeah, I, th- I felt that was a big thing when the jumps started getting easier. Yeah, or if there's a tough second straight, it's like you can't just bomb the first corner, blow someone up and still make it. Like, you got to really concentrate on the section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm... So, kind of like, do you think... Do you think there'd be... What do you think is better in terms of less crashes? What do you think? I think you need a happy medium. Like, you need a track that's technical enough that forces a rider to have skills, but also safe enough to... I mean... You don't want somebody just, somebody's skills shouldn't have to worry about, you know, completely 50-50 something eating shit going over the bars when they are completely in control, if that makes any sense. like I, So me and Sylvan, go ahead. I was going to say like, yeah, like you're talking about bomb the turn, like a, a track like Rock Hill, although it, like I'm thinking about the old one, not the one it has now, although it always was, was very easy, the jumps were big enough, the second straight was big enough that people had to get around the first turn. And a lot of the mm-hmm. time, most of the time, like even if you made a move in the first turn, it was done knowing you need to come up with speed because you got three big jumps you got to get over still. And I think in 
when we're looking at crashes, I think you've got to kind of take away the Olympics and world champs because it, those races are so big and everyone's just so pumped for them. People are just willing to die at those yeah. races. So I don't think, <laughs> I don't think the track matters to be honest. Like obviously the track was more technical in Rio than it was in, um, in Tokyo, but there were some gnarly crashes in Tokyo still. So I don't, I don't think like, I don't know if that's a fair comparison because mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen regardless, but yeah, if you look at world cups, I think, having to respect the track is safer in a way. Yeah. You're not getting guys going balls to the wall without thinking about what the consequences. Yeah. And then, yeah, the uh, people that aren't maybe as skilled too. I mean, the, it allows the people with more skill to kind of succeed, I guess, and also use the skill where, yeah, then yeah, it's just better. Come on. <laughs> the tracks where you can just tap nail the first jump and rip. It's like, that's, that's way scarier to me than having to jump two, three jumps in a row. That's, it's a lot more dangerous, I think, too. Yeah, because everyone's oh charging that Is whole it? time. You are going so fucking fast at such small jumps. That's way gnarlier to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, what me and Sylvan were talking about. So, you know, in the Bubba show, we were talking about um, how, like, three mains is good for in USA BMX, but for Supercross, we think there'd be a lot of crashes. Like, logically, you think, okay, if there's three mains on Supercross, it's going to be pretty gnarly. But me and Sylvan were talking. He brought up a good point. He said, well, you know, if, if say they did have three mains at a World Cup, you might have people respecting the the mains more because if someone's in fourth, the first one, they're not just going to T-bone someone for third. Like you might settle for a fourth because you kind of got to, you got to play the game in three mains. Fourth is better than a seventh or eighth if you crash. So there might actually be less, like you might have people willing to back off a bit more. What do you think? That's a really good point. That's kind of the big thing about like you watch the, the pro spectacular. It doesn't always feel like there's one big blast. If anything, it's one big blast, maybe in the, the final round. Um, but it's also slim to none when that happens because points are often decided already. So yeah, it makes a good point. You gotta be, you gotta be strategic. You gotta play it a little more chill. Um, I don't really find we see a lot of big blasts anymore on the circuit, especially in the mains. Like people do once you get in the main, I feel like there's more respect to just ride it out and try to make a clean pass a lot of the time. Um, but I, yeah, yeah. If you did have three mains, it would be exhausting. But yeah, people are going to oh ride, they're going to ride the full lap. So they're not going to worry about just yeah, the one T-bone blast. <laughs> <laughs> Without exhausting double World Cup weekends, are you imagine you had four more laps. Oh my God. The guys are just doing nine laps in a day. That'd be insane. That would be. Un- oh my God. You what you could absolutely do, fried after. What, what you could do. I think the Olympic format is good when they do three semis. So it'll never happen because there's two World Cup days. But if it was one World Cup, one world cup per weekend, you could do like the 16th, eighth quarters, the first day, and then three semis in the main, the second day. And I think that would be the best, best format because then you kind of, the cream rises to the top and I think you'll generally get the best guys. It's actually not a bad idea too. I like, kind of like that. I think, cause I think, I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen. Like I said, I know, but. no, I'm not a big fan of when the worlds, they do the split days and then the first round is knockout quarterfinal. I think that's kind of sucky. But if you did like the two days and then you had three rounds, I think that's completely different. Like you have three laps to to get your score, basically to get a top four. Like it's much more even. Obviously, they're both fair, but yeah, it just seems like the the best are going to rise. It's foreign to us to do it on two days because we're so used to racing two days. Like our whole lives, we've raced whatever two separate races. I think a lot of other sports, Olympic sports, do that kind of thing where they do like qualification the first day and then final the next day. Will they do just like a final though, or like just a semi and a final? 
Yeah, like a semi and a final the second day. Like I okay. think it's pretty common to have like prelims or whatever the first day and then semi and the final the next day. It is very just me then. Like I think most, <laughs> like I think pretty much every track and field event is like that. Yeah, I guess because hundred meter sprinter, like I didn't know, but they do that a lot, don't they? They do whatever their first round, and then something, and then semi in the final the other day. I think swim too. They always do like prelims, like the day before in the morning, then finals in the evening or the next day. I think most a lot of sports do that. It's just weird to us because we don't. It's not kind of a part of our sport historically. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't really, I didn't really know that. So it's. I'm not good with change. So, I mean, <laughs> thinking about it is tough, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's all right. All right. Fair enough. The good part is it's, it's two days of TV then, which I think a lot of sports do it for. Fair enough. I mean, who, yeah. If we think our sport is long, like think about having to watch swimming for a straight without splitting that up into two, I guess that'd be pretty tough. Yeah. Do you think, do you think the two day world cups are always here to stay? Uh, for a good while. Yeah. We don't have enough money in the sport for it not to happen. I don't, don't think. Hypo- okay. Hypothetical, hypothetically here. I was talking to a certain someone. Yep. I was talking to a certain someone. I can't remember who it was. I honestly can't remember. Just, <laughs> I actually don't remember now, but okay. I do remember. And he's someone, he's someone who is very in the know and who I, who I trust and is not a bullshitter. Okay. And this is the first person that I've heard in that position that would that would come know these things he said he's not sure if the bmx will stay in the olympics because he thinks the ioc isn't super happy with bmx this is just what he's saying so i don't agree with it but this is just what he's saying what do you think happens to the world cup circuit if there's no o show um i think it sticks around in a different way and almost becomes I don't want to say it becomes bigger or better, but if uh, the first year it'd feel like it's going under, I think a year or two after somebody would try to pick it up. And I think somebody with money would come in like Red Bull and make it their own cool, fun, real world cup series. And it could almost be better. I'm sorry, but I think it, they could somehow almost make it better than it is now. You know, the problem, a problem, massive problem would be the federations would all pull out of BMX because it's not in the Olympics. So you would have yeah. most yeah. people, most people go to world cups with, with being paid for by federations, only like a very minute select group of individuals have sponsors that pay for theirs. Yeah. So that's a massive problem. If you don't have the federations backing it, then who most 90, 98% of people in our sport wouldn't, wouldn't probably go. No, which would suck. So that then would- you'd need you need private spot. You need, it would need to turn into like the USA BMX model with the world cups where you are on teams and the teams pay you to race, totally. pay to race it. But then hopefully if a, let's say a big sponsor like Red Bull did pick it up and made it their own, maybe there would be more viewers. Maybe it would be more broadcasted, more easily accessible to people to watch and easier for us to go out and get a non BMX supportive sponsor. It'd be really hard for the BMX companies to, they wouldn't be able to afford to take that cost on. That would be tough for them, yeah. That's why you need any sport, especially ours, we need outside sponsors, and that's the problem right now. We don't really have a lot of those, Mm -hmm. I think. Personal opinion, but yeah. Because like mountain bike, for instance, like a lot of mountain bike, they're on like track or whatever at the World Cups. They're not actually riding for their country. Yeah, yeah. Um, But those teams and those companies are massive. They are, yeah. That's the problem. But that's what... that's the model we would have to take up. I think that I, I, don't, I don't even think there'd be a World Cup series, really. No, I mean, just think about how big like Trek is as a company or Specialized. Like, how many people in the world ride mountain bikes? 
and then how many people ride BMX. It's just like yeah. the numbers aren't oh, even comparable. Oh, oh. It's like one to 20, basically, in terms of size, probably. One yeah, I know. Um, but I, I, I heard similar rumors too, and I, I think this is a rumor that gets thrown around all the time after one Olympics and getting ready for the next one. Um, I remember the UCI, like I was at one of the meetings, and they were kind of talking about the crashes happening at Worlds in, in France or whatever. And I thought this year at the Worlds, like, quote, I don't, like, I don't want to sound bad, but there weren't many major, major crashes, like big, big ones, were there? Not from what I remember from watching. I don't want to be disrespectful if someone did, but yeah. I feel like overall compared to other races, I feel like there, I feel like there wasn't either. Yeah, and that's why I was, yeah, saying it like that too, because I, I'm not, can't really remember. So same thing, but it felt like there were more small ones, and they were talking about how many crashes are in BMX, and you know, it's such a crazy, dangerous sport, and blah blah blah. And I'm, in my head, I was like, one, you're looking at the worlds, and it was a tight track and two i didn't think there was many big ones there's a lot of slide outs and little ones that you're counting that's shouldn't look bad upon our sport because of that like that's the excitement those little ones and those slide outs and like that's the exciting part of our sport where people are trying to make moves and that happens that's what that's what bmx is it's like if you're gonna make look bad in us because we have crashes i mean you're looking at the wrong sport like it's we're a, an action sport we're danger like we're it is what we are we are an action sport and that's, I feel like that's a draw to it. Like for sure people don't want people to get hurt, but it's kind of a thrill to see someone go for it and crash. Like, honestly, I, yeah, I hate to say and, it, but you go to a hockey game, you look, if you see a fight, you're going crazy. That's exciting. Dude, how many times, how many times do you hear a casual viewer who might go to the odd hockey and go, Oh, I want to see a fight all the like, time, all, yeah. all the time. So yeah, of course you don't want people to get hurt. We all know that, but it's a part of the sport. And it's actually a draw. Like it, mm. you know, it's part of it. Um, it's just like if we watch some random action sport and some dude just like snowboarding down a cliff and just cartwheels himself 40 times, we're like glued to the screen. Yeah, like I don't want to look away at that point. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised to hear that. I don't think BMX is going anywhere. They, I mean, a lot of action sports are coming to the Olympics, winter and summer. It's a big draw. I think we're, I think we're in there to stay. I hope so. Um, we're going to change the topic. Hey, hey. Hey, real quick, if they all of a sudden took it out, God, the Olympic status that all of us have all of us have gone would be so high because you'd be such a select group. It'd be such a select group that had gone. It'd be yeah, it'd be smaller or smaller because now yeah, it feels like you know nobody else would get it. One of a kind at that point. Which for the record, I hope doesn't happen and I don't think will No. Um let's switch things up quickly for a little bit. Um we got a we got a special check-in from uh, from a friend. You ready, T? Mm. Let me just add him in here. This is a live add into the show. So let's hope the audio works. This is a something we get worried about every time we do one of these live add ins, but let's see. Come on, Mitchie. Come on, <laughs> Aussie <laughs> correspondent. Our Aussie correspondent. He's in here somewhere. Hey, how are you? Going, how are you? Yeah, all right, man. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas. Yeah, happy New Year's to you too, dude. How's it down in Oz? Yeah, not too bad. It's been pretty hot at the moment, so it's pretty chilled. Getting some sun, so it's good. How hot is it? Um, today it's not too bad. Like I think it's. Oh, let me have a look. What it is? Are we talking forty? No, not forty. Oh, yesterday it was thirty-three degrees. Okay, it's hot, but it's not like unbearably yeah. hot. Um, it's thirteen point six where I am at the moment. Okay, so we need to translate for our American friends, 95? Yeah, about uh, 95. Yeah. 95, 93. Mitchie, what part of Australia do you live in again? I'm in Melbourne. Melbourne, okay. Uh, I got so a question. The- do you know anything about what happened to um, 
Uh, oh crap. Okay, hold on. This is this good is a question. T- this is a tough look uh, for the pod this right now. This is a good question. Paul. What happened? <laughs> it was out of the back pocket, and hold on, you guys talk amongst yourself. Let me look what I was trying to find out. God damn! Are you asking about a certain rider or what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was Max. No, it was Max. Yeah, it was Max Cans. Um, he, uh, he was at the, one of the races, it was like a state series race. He went in like they, he was allowed to sign up for, he won the state title and then they wouldn't give him the Jersey or something like that. Yeah. I don't know what's the go with that. That's a bit odd. That was a while um, ago. I remember, but I was talking to Jake's yeah, friends about so it. So different States, because we gone on to Oz cycling now, we, if so, if Max, because he's entered as Victorian, yeah. Um, he can't win their national um, state titles and can't wear their jersey. Hmm. I feel so like, okay, like well, that makes sense, though. That, that yeah. makes sense. So it's vice versa when you go to different states. Okay. Like James, you can't be the provincial champion of Alberta. No, but I also can't sign up for a provincial championship in Alberta. That's ridiculous. Like if you can sign so up for a race, yeah, you're here. Like you could, like James, you could go race a state race in Washington, though. Could I though? Like a state yeah, championship? I did as a, like a state like championship? I did, I, did, I did as a kid. Oh. But yeah, don't you, you just can get, race it, but then you just you just get put as not their national like state title holder. Yeah. So I, I raced I was state championships as a kid in Washington. I was from obviously BC. Yeah. I think that's weird. If, this, if you're going to have a championship and let somebody sign up, they should be able to win the championship. If they're not yeah, going to be able I, to win the actual title and whatever the prize or whatever it is, you shouldn't allow them to sign up. Yeah, because there's a few who, riders over here who go to every state national um, state titles, and they can win it, but they can't be crowned. Like, you won it, so what's the point now? Our actually our continental championships like ten years ago were all open. You could be the continental championship of Europe or something if you went. Yeah, that's wild. See, like, that's, yeah, because like I, in, so 20, in 2011, I raced the European champs and I got second. So technically, I got a silver at the European championships, but yeah. then they. <laughs> They changed the rule so you can't do that. So stupid, yeah. You know, it's funny. So in snowboard cross, you can race other countries' national championships and you just don't get the jersey or whatever. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, that's awesome. Weird. Yeah, that's, that's a little yeah. bit of a joke. What if you're affecting the who I wins the title? Dumb. I think it's really the, the whoever finished behind you. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but I mean, like, what if the guy in like first who okay. won it, like, put somebody over a turn and then they didn't win? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a joke. Yeah, I think it's really dumb. I don't think you should be able to do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, so I just finished up my uni as well. So um, just finished my dual diploma in sports management and leadership. Dude, good for you. You can yeah. – um, dude, Josh McLean is looking for a ride. Why don't you manage him? <laughs> oh, mate, he's he would pay for a tune. Mate, he – You should negotiate a multi-million dollar deal. Oh, he's just such a good rider at the moment. Like all the Aussies who have gone over to like the US, the World Cups, are just performing so well. Like Josh on the US scene this year was amazing. Mm-hmm. Good. Who's that? Who's your favorite Aussie rider right now? Right now, and has to be Isaac mm-hmm. because he's just been training really hard, gets down there, performs, and just repeats every time. True. I mean, he just got himself a new ride too with Chase. So I feel like that was, yeah. I think 15 kind of spoiled that a while ago. Everyone kind of knew, but he officially announced it today. So congrats to him. Yeah. yeah so now it's good to ha- get him back onto the team. 
How many? So how many? How many USA BMX titles do you guys think Isaac will win in his career? Five or six, maybe. Five or six. Yeah. Mitch is all aboard the Isaac train. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Once like like Joris retires, like Nick retires, or them, he'll be like a steam train coming. He's just gonna be cleaning Five up house. Six. Wow. Okay. What do you think? What do you think, James? I'll give him a couple. Yeah, I'll give him a couple. I think he's gonna have his hands full with Cam Wood right now, and for a bunch of years to come with him. And yeah. Um. Uh. Who else? With McLean too. I think. I mean, McLean has been what three, three times now? Two times been the leader in points going into it. So I don't think it'll be easy yeah. for Isaac to to win him that many, but a couple for sure. Yeah, I think between Campbell, Josh McLean, and Isaac, a couple of years, it'll be amazing. Like, there'll be some fast riders who are going to depend. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Well, dude, good to hear from you. Glad you're doing well. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll have to catch up soon when you back down yeah. in Oz. Dude, thanks for being our Aussie correspondent, making sure we're up to date with what's going on down there. Yeah, no problems. I'll keep you updated throughout the year. Keep, it, keep, keep us in check when we start talking some nonsense and we need some. Yeah, some, I yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Catch you, boys. Awesome, buddy. Thanks, Mitch. Be well, buddy. All right. So, wow, he, he, he really hyped up Isaac. Okay? Five, six. I, I love Mitchie. I mean, he's, he likes his guy. He, his pick is his pick. And I like somebody who stands behind, behind their guy like that. Yeah. Um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Sylvan social media check-in time? Yeah, that's the one I was going to go for. Go for it. All right, Sylvan social media check-in for the week. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on this post. Uh, BMX Weekly posted, uh, posted a picture of one of the pros in the U.S. doing a GoFundMe for his 2023 rookie pro season. And let me just say the amount of comments and let me controversial comments at that on the Facebook post was incredible. They were the comments oh were going off. God. I think when I last looked, there was 145 comments on this post. Oh my god! I know. Incredible. Someone posts something like someone. Whenever something like this gets posted, and it's not even in our sport, when it's in any anything, the comments are so savage. You look at the comments on when like 15 or UCI BMX or UCI BMX posted like the World Cup schedule. The a lot of the comments were so negative. Dude, it's unbelievable. Instantly, people just throw shade at whatever they can, it feels like. They were throwing shade at the World Cup thing about, like, not being worldwide. We're on multiple continents. It's almost more worldwide than it's ever been. I know. that Those made no sense to me. Like, that's one of the reasons I think it's cool. Like, tracks aside, it's very worldwide. Um, And a lot of times, the the stuff people were bitching about, it's not even true. And it's not even, like, realistic, the things people were saying. No, they're not. They're really not. Um, like people, like a lot of people were, were wondering why they're not certain places. It's like, guys, it, a World Cup is is like what three a quarter of a million dollars to host something like that. You think yeah. you think every tractor has a quarter of a million dollars they can just spend on a World Cup without really any return on investment? Like most most tracks and most places lose money. I think I've heard Papandel breaks even, but most tracks just do it because they either get city funding that they just want to have a World Cup, or they're like really passionate about having it, or they're just like fuck it. Let's just have the World Cup so our our home country riders can qualify for the Olympics. But you're basically putting 
putting money in a barrel and lighting it on fire is what you're doing to have one. So it's not like most tracks can't afford to have it. No, and I think a lot of the time you need somebody like the city hosts the city to, to put in money to get it. Like the track itself or the club or the town even that it's in. Like you need someone bigger, I think, forking up some money to try to host it because they are, they're really damn expensive. And then the timing yeah. of it all too, like you need to make sure the city that's hosting it can host it when the UCI wants like a re- like round of day that the UCI probably wants it and that kind of thing. Like it's it's not super easy just to be like, all right, I'll take a World Cup that that this year. Like or, no. Yeah, and it's like if you're a city like Rock Hill, obviously they've put a lot of money into having World Champs, World Cups in the past, and I'm sure they'll continue to do so. But it's like you could have a World Cup and lose money, or you could have a USA BMX weekend and bring in over a million dollars of into the into the county for in terms of economic activity. So what would you do? Like, of course you're going to do a USA BMX race instead. If you're the, if you're the city and you're looking at it from a financial perspective. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. Why there? Yeah. Be stupid if you were going to do the opposite. Anyway, <laughs> that's a tangent to go back to the, the check-in. Um, so basically the, I guess what I want to ask get your thoughts on, we'll just start spitballing is like, what do you think about riders doing a GoFundMe? Um, with the, with the cost of things these days, I mean, it is tough to get a sponsor to be able to support you full-time. It's tough for a rider hopping into the pro class that hasn't established himself and can't get a, get a full factory ride and or get mm-hmm. some support from a company financially. Um, things these days cost a lot. But there are also other alternative ways to make money for yourself that require you going out and putting more of an effort into something versus a GoFundMe. Um I see plus and minuses both ways. I'd like, if you're, I, I think somebody wrote this in the comments too. It's like, if you're going to go all in, if you're asking for a GoFundMe and you're going to go all in on this, your racing career, let's say your rookie pro season, you're going to be training full time, putting every damn thing you can into it. Somebody is, will support you, I think. And somebody will be okay with supporting you. But when you just post a GoFundMe, people don't know exactly how hard you're training or what races you're going to and all this stuff. So it just looks like you're just asking for money so you can go live your dream as a bike rider. So it's a tough look sometimes, I think, from afar. Yeah, I see it from both perspectives. I saw some people saying, like, well, if people want to donate, who cares? Let them. Like, mm-hmm. and I agree. Like, if people want to, if people want to support someone, go for it. But I also think like there are, like, you can, like, I don't know people's specific situations, but you could always work another job. You could, I don't know, do some clinics or do do some other ways to raise money for yourself. I think if I think if the, all you're doing is just asking people for money, like, is it GoFundMe? I don't agree with that. But I think if like you're exhausting all your options and you're asking for some support, it's probably the best of both worlds. We're, people are, the problem is online, people are quick to judge. And I think they only see something a lot of time and what's the, at like the surface value. Um, yeah, I agree. With no matter yeah. what, with no matter what it is. And I, I don't agree with that making snap judgments of people because you don't know people's situations. Um, but I, I also, that being said, I don't agree with people to say, I want to do this. Let's just start a GoFundMe. Like, I don't agree with that either. If, if people do that. So, yeah. And it I, like- I guess I don't really, don't really have a yes or no, like, but I, I kind of see both, both ways for sure. Yeah. I, I think we're both, we know when we talk on this podcast that if we say something that's too out of left field, like we're going to get hate for something we say. So I, I like to know all the facts before we start completely giving an mm. opinion or judging completely, let's say. And I don't know all the facts. Like, I don't know if the rider has gone out and done other things or even has maybe, maybe he's doing other things to have an income. It's just not covering it all. Like if you have a, a part-time job, like these days, minimum wage, like 
you might you barely make enough to support yourself living if that so then you try to mm -hmm. add your racing on top and maybe you can't afford it so maybe having a regular job on the side of trying to train is enough for you to support your living but it's not enough to support you getting to the races financially and then even signing up for the races and all that stuff like i just don't know either um, and that's why i think from afar from just looking at a post and whatnot the instant thing is to be like wow you're asking for a gofundme you're just asking for people to give you money but it's like who knows the backstory who knows how much work is going on on the side to support yourself living yet let alone trying to support yourself to go race your bike around the country i kind of feel like gofundmes are meant for dire circumstances maybe that's just my way of thinking of it but i don't know like if if shit hits the fan and like you're in huge trouble then yeah then a gofundme is valuable but i don't i don't think we I don't think we should whip it out for everything. Like, oh, we want to do this. Let's start a GoFundMe. It's like, I feel like you should exhaust all your other options, like get a job, raise money through sponsorship, do whatever. And then if you still need help for whatever, then maybe do that, I think would be more realistic or more fair. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. And it does seem like there are the situations where it's like, let's say you have an unfortunate medical bill or something like that, or break-ins, mm. robbery, robbery, stolen goods. Like you're trying to raise money for someone, something, then it's a little different. Um, yeah. Like someone like Riley house's situation, then that, I feel like it's yeah. made for that. Like if I, something like that happens, like that's what it's meant for, in my opinion. And thankfully that's why companies, uh, what's, uh, what's the, the company that there's a company out there that does this specifically. They raise money for riders or athletes in injured situations like this. Like, yeah, thankfully people and companies like that have been started and GoFundMe has started for this as well. Cause that's where people need it the most. It seems like. Yeah. Let me just say that first of all, I think comments on Facebook go harder than comments on Instagram. <laughs> oh there is, there is nothing more magical than Facebook comments on posts. It's incredible. Some of the people that are just, we've talked about it. Like every comment seems like you, you, you're running down the comments. The next person in line is just trying to outdo the guy before them and just go <laughs> even harder than the, oh, what the so other person true. said. It's insane. The, yeah, I know that all, all anyone's trying to do is just is just drop the funniest, most dry, sarcastic, savage comment that gets the most likes. Yeah, straight up. And they're like, oh, I feel good about myself now. <laughs> Although I, I got to say, there are some, and not even not on this post, but there are some like other posts I've seen where some of the comments are incredible <laughs> or do it on Twitter. Like you'll see some like political post or some like big announcement and some or like Elon Musk will tweet something. You read some of the comments and I'll literally just burst out laughing at some of the shit people. <laughs> it's hilarious. A lot of the time it's, it's really damn funny. Oh my God magical yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean like dude our well, some of our posts on coffee chatter i mean we've got some really nasty comments and messages but and some of the comments and mess on on like some of the posts not about us and about other people have been ruthless dude people go in they go in it's it's like they sit down at the computer they grab themselves a drink and they just sit to they to say to themselves all right what kind of controversy can i stir up on this post <laughs> it's like it's like a full-time job people, for them there's no way they would ever approach the individual in person and say that like, there's no way they ever would. So it's like, if you're not, if you're not willing to say it to the person and I, and if you're like, you're talking to the person to say it, then don't say it. No, I hundred percent agree. Right. You don't yeah. have something good. What did your parents always tell you as a kid? If you don't have something good to say, don't say it at all. Yeah. You can, there is it actually like this thing where you are allowed to just scroll past the post. It's crazy. 
I was gonna say there's an incredible thing. You can just see it, have a chuckle, move on with your day, and not give a fuck. It's a magical <laughs> place. To Oh man, oh. I, I will say on the counter side, I saw um, another post actually from one of my teammates on Claiborne and he was invited to this training camp um, for something. I don't know what it was, but wherever he had to go, he was trying to raise money for himself to get there and he was doing it by by selling t-shirts. And he like, he made a design, put it on a t-shirt like we did kind of on our Reddit, or sorry, not Reddit, on a website. I think he was doing it on his on Amazon and he's raising money that way for for himself. It's like, that's that's a cool way of doing it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, he, yeah, good way to do it. You learn some responsibility and to value value money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fuck. Being a pro in this sport is not really being a pro anymore. Hey, it's tough to make a, make enough money just to do it. Yeah, it is tough, but it's definitely doable. Um, all right, let's talk about 2023 a bit. Do we have any bold predictions? Let's talk bold predictions for, for the year. Um, let's start the USA BMX series. Um, my bold prediction prediction is Cam continues his winning ways and wins the title this year. Great bold prediction. Hard to see that one going wrong, to be honest with you. Really hard to see that one go wrong. It is, but the year's long. You never know. It is long. There's a lot of races to be done. Um, I think Isaac is going to have a little more juice being on chase again and not winning the title this year, knowing he was Mm -hmm. up for it. Theoretically, he was up for the title. Um. But I think knowing that 2023 is here, Olympics are in 2024, I think Joris goes kind of all in again on the USA series, and I think he goes for the title. Um, I think he shocks the world and goes six. That'd be super cool. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't doubt it. Like, I don't doubt it at all. No, he's hard to, he's hard to root against these days, especially when he did what he did this last year. Um, I just think he'll put his time and effort more into USA this year and then supercross olympics the year after so if there's any ever a year for him to go six it would be this year i think cam smelled the scent of blood for the title and he's just like a bloodhound just gonna get after it this year (laughs) he's like a shark in the water that just had a little blood taste and he's like i'm going after it all the usa bmx title is a wounded gazelle running across the savannah and he's just an absolute (laughs) fucking lion (laughs) just ripping across there yeah. All right. You know, right. In, you know, in, the, in lions, I think the females do all the hunting. Really? Could be an incorrect fact, but I'm pretty sure it's true. I'm trying to think of when I, I think, see a video from the Amazon and I, the lions are attacking an animal. Like, does it have the fur or does it not have the fur? Because then, you know, it's a male or female. I don't think it ever has the fur. I it's, think, I think it, it's I called, think that's called a mane, right? Is that called a mane? Mane, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah mane. That sounds better than the fur. I think that from what, from what I've heard, I think all the women do the, or all the females do the hunting. The, the guys just sit around being lazy and I think, protect. Yeah, I think they're like lazy, lazy I, as fuck. And I hope they at least protect their females. Do something manly. And... Yeah, do something. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I think Cam, I think Cam gets it done this year. We'll all right. see how this tweet ate yeah, we'll, this we'll comment. Um, I think in the women's side, I think Felicia is back running um, at her full potential in the series and goes into the, into the grands with the chance at the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Goes in with a chance. Elise will for sure have wins and go in there with a chance. I don't I feel like Laura won't really focus on it as much. So I don't think she'll be up for it this year by choice. Laura, we need you to do the USA series. It was so awesome to watch. Come on. <laughs> I don't think she does. I think, 
I think she'll, yeah, I don't think she'll focus on it this year. This is a polite asking to Laura Smolders. If anybody sees her, tell her that Coffee Chatter would love to see her race the USA Series again. <laughs> Elise might win it again this year. Wouldn't be surprised. No, make it 11. Just number 25. Oh, she's got to get number 11. Number 11. Yeah, true. Hey, whoa, a good point. All right. All right, she goes for 11. Yeah. Um, UCI World Cup Series. What? Who gets their first official World Cup win, do we think? Has Isaac got a World Cup win? No. He gets a World Cup win. Yeah. Could definitely see that happening. Um, God, the World Cups are so hard to predict. There's so many fast people, and there's just different winners all the time. Let me give you some questions. Does Sylvan get more than two wins? No, not more than two. Not more than two, but so he gets one, maybe two. Yeah. Okay. I'd say one. Um, does Neek Carlos wins do... probably? Let's say Neek wins three. Neek wins three. Wow. Mm. That's big. Okay. Um, does Cam Wood? Not win many one? left. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Not many left. He just took a bunch of them with three. Does Cam Wood win one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, does Carlos get three podiums or more? No. Wow. Okay. Um, does two or less. I think I think two, one or two. Okay. Gonzalo Molina does he get on the podium in Argentina? No. Really. Thinking no. He's got four races to to do it there. Fuck yeah. Okay, then yes, he gets on the podium. <laughs> um does Kai White win a World Cup? Yeah, he does. Kai White does win a World Cup. I think he might win worlds this year. I think I actually I did call him for like I think he wins I think he's a world champion this year. World really? Yeah, I think I said that last episode at the end. Okay. Yeah, I think he I think he wins the worlds this year. All right. Um, should we include the worlds then in this kind of discussion? Sure. All right. Do we think um do we think Sylvan's on the podium? I think he so I think he wins the worlds but doesn't win a world cup. That'll be my pick. Good bold prediction. Yeah. That's bold. I like that one. Okay. Does Sylvan get on the podium at the worlds? Yes. Automatic. I mean that's just a tough <laughs> one to vote against, isn't it? Automatic. Um <laughs> Does your boy Pills get a podium at a World Cup this year? Podium, yeah, he does. For sure. 100, stamp it. Okay. Multiple. Uh, Simon Marquardt, does he back in the world, world's main? I don't even know if he's racing anymore, so I don't know what, I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> I don't even know what he's, I don't know if he's racing or what the fuck he's doing, so. Okay. I'm kidding. Okay, what was, what was the question? What was the question? I like it more when you're kidding. Does Simon get in the world's main again? No. Does Jeremy Rancorell win a World Cup? No, but I bet he makes the main at the Worlds and is battling for a podium. Okay. Does Romain win one of the days in Papendal? Yeah, I think so. 
Okay. Um, Ross Cullen, does he make a World Cup podium? No, but a main. No, but a main. Um, who else do I want to bring up for you just for fun? Let's see. Um, pick a number between uh, one and five. Four. Cedric Booty, does he make three or more World Cup mains? Oh, that's a good one. So is what? Uh, Ten World Cups? Yeah. Three or more? Mm-hmm. No. But he makes one, to t- one max two. Okay. Out of the French team, who will be the highest ranked rider in UCI points, not UCI World Cup points, in UCI points at the end of the year? Silva, he's Mr. UCI. Okay, good. I mean, he's he's the top of the list from last year, so fair enough. Um, two to four at all year. <laughs> <laughs> so then my next question, who wins the World Cup overall at the end of the season? Neek. Neek, okay. Right. Um, do you think, even with the four in Argentina, has he won in Argentina? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, there you go. He won the very last. He won the very last one in Argentina, the very last day. Right, because he had a bad day the day before, and then just came out of nowhere. The I feel like he got day. like quarter. I feel like he got quarter the first day, and then won the second day, something like that. Yeah, something nuts like that. Okay, I like it. Um, does somebody from Colombia, like at a Arba, a Diego Arboleda, does he win a race in Argentina? Oh, that's a tough one. I feel like Argentina could suit him really well. No, I don't think he wins. I think he podiums in Argentina. Okay. That's a good one. Um, oh, here's a good one. Corbin Chirra. Did we see him back up on the box at a World Cup? No. Alfredo Campo. Do we see him on the podium of World Cup? I feel like I haven't seen Alfredo in five years. <laughs> he uh, he had the fat set. Uh, which day was it? S- Saturday of the second weekend in Bogota. He had the fastest kink time of the day. Of course he did. He's fast as fuck. Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> well, was the question? Is he get on the podium? Yeah. Will he get a podium? Of course he will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's so fast. Fucking Josh McLean. Will we see him on the the podium of a World Cup? No, don't see it this year. All right. Do I'm gonna go to the women now? We'll get to the women. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. This is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Probably losing some friends in the process, but fuck it, I'm having. Yeah, or yeah, you got to think that you know, who's listening to this that's probably not going to be happy with what you're saying. You know, you know what though? I got to say, I got to say my honest opinion. And it doesn't, I, it doesn't mean that I don't want the person to. It's just if I think they're going to or not. I completely agree. I think at the end so of the don't day, take, don't take it first. Don't take it personally, people. No, I'd hope they wouldn't. Um, how do I get to the? Hold on. I'm navigating the UCI website right now. If anybody has done that before, they know sometimes it takes a couple minutes to figure out what you're trying to do. Or just use it as motivation. Like, you know what? Fuck this Tory guy. I'm going to go out and win five World Cups, which I know if, if, something I've said in the past has actually motivated some riders. So maybe maybe it'll spark some spark some good performance. Loki, yeah. Loki, you do. 
It probably does. Sometimes you just need to hear the truth, whether you like it or not. And if you're really good enough friends, that if you're really good enough friends, you saying this shouldn't affect the, affect the friendship, you know? Should. We're getting deep with it. All right, women. Um, Laura Smalders, does she get to 30 wins all time? Is it like 27 now or something or what? I think so. I don't know the exact number, but I want to say, do you want me to look it up while we do this? I feel like it's... Uh, I feel like it's 27. Okay. So does she, does she get th- three or more wins this year on the World Cup circuit? Three or more. Yes. More wins. Yeah, she's 127, so she needs three. She wins three, she gets 30. I think she gets three this year. Okay. I think she gets three. Like okay. Three, yeah. Um, Zoe Klassens, does she, does she win two races, two World Cups? Oh, it's a tough one. That is tough. When we start breaking down the amount of races, the amount of top girls, who's going to be at which races, yeah. Probably wins once. I'm going to go no for two or more. Okay. Um, Bethany, do we see her? Do we see her on the top step of the podium in two or more? Are we including world? We are now. Then yeah. Okay. Um, Felicia, do we see her? Do we see her back in the final of the world championships? Yes. On the podium? No. Uh, Mariana Pahone, does she win a world cup next this year? No. Is she in the final at the Worlds? Yes. Like it, like it. Um, how many podiums will will Merrill get, Smolders? Oh, got to come up with a number. Yeah. Ten races, World Cups. How many podiums? Yeah. I'd say... Probably three or four. Okay. That's a good number. Yeah, yeah a good number. Um, Camille Mayer, in the, the World Cups that she makes the main, how many times does she get outside the top five? <laughs> how many times is she not fifth? <laughs> <laughs> so out of the main she makes, whatever that number is, how many times is she six, seven, eight? Yeah. <laughs> what a question. <laughs> what a question. Uh, half them. Fair enough. Do we think she gets on the podium? Once. Okay. I like it. Um, Menon Vistra, do we see her in two or more World Cups? Finals? World Cup finals? Yeah. Two or more, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Elise Willoughby. I never know how many World Cups she's going to do. Sometimes she doesn't feel like she does all of them, but she probably will. Do we see her getting more than one win on the World Cup tour? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Laza Bear, do we see her getting two or more podiums on the World Cup circuit? Yes. Who is your pick for the world championships and the women? Bethany. 
I like that a lot. Uh, Molly, do we see her getting on the podium two or more times? Hmm. It's a good over-under right there. That is a good one. I think once. Going to go once, so no. Uh, Saya, Sakaki Bar. I don't know how many World Cups she uh, will do. She should be healthy and ready to go, I bet. So do we see her in... I, I think she'll do all of them. So do we see her on the podium um, more than once? No. Um, I was going to ask her. Uh, Delaney Vaughn, do we sir, see her in multiple World Cup finals? Yes. All right. All right. Um, you want me to keep going? I think that's pretty good for the women. Yes. It's fun. That's We've done a lot there, okay? That was pretty good. I like that game. We'll call it. What, what should we call it? I don't know. It wasn't really a game, but <laughs> that's just Terry's bold predictions. It's like Terry's bold predictions. It's like just on, it's Terry's on bold predictions. It's hard to say. It's, it's so hard to say. Like, it's easier to predict a couple podiums than I think. A win is tough to predict. A win's really hard. I, I think at this point of the season, too, you, you have no idea. Because every time we get okay. to the first few races, you're like, you don't know who's stepped it up, who's maybe stayed the same. And randomly, people step it up that you're not even expecting. So it's like your whole predictions get shot out the window. Random people always coming flying to the first World Cup and end up fifth or something in the main that you didn't even think of. It's crazy how that happens, like pretty much every year. I know. Every year. And then after that, it kind of like pecking order kind of happens after the first couple, but definitely the first one, especially. So... Let me give you a little coach's corner question here since we're on the chat of radio. Riders getting ready for a World Cup, uh, for the World Cups, maybe any of your riders. The races don't start till June. Are you delaying maybe, are you delaying a bit of your training and taking more of an off season? Are you trying to prep them earlier so they're more prepared for the race? What would be your game game plan? What's your approach for that? I think there's a common misconception in our sport that you have to go like super broad to narrow in terms of your quote unquote off season training. And then to where you peak, like, I think the goal of training should always be to create more speed and go faster and you should never get away, get too far away from that goal. So there's no reason you can't, you can't be flying in January and flying in June. Like, I don't think you, it doesn't make any sense to go slow and then go fast in terms of speed. Like I said, the goal should never deviate too far from, creating more speed. So I think your peaks and valleys don't have to be like your valleys don't have to be too low. No, they don't. They really don't. It's not like you're going to go slower and build a huge base and go faster. I don't really believe in that. I think you always need to go fast. So no, I don't think it changes a whole lot. I like that answer. I think that's something to, yeah, pretty, pretty fair. Um, (laughs) Something something to chew on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start chewing on that one. (laughs) <laughs> um, I just realized I wasn't even looking at any of the uh, any of our live live comments in the uh, the YouTube chat, but um, we had some of a couple U twenty threes and whatnot and blah blah blah. But we'll let them talk some amongst themselves with that. Yeah, we talk the big dogs. Yeah. Um, do you want me to give you another coach's corner question? Sure. Yeah. All right. Um, huh. <laughs> what should I ask you? Uh, guys that are. Guys that are stuck not riding much, um, do you push them in the other aspects completely? Like, say, you go all in on cardio kind of things or doing intervals and whatnot? Or do you uh, 
kind of just take the time to build more of a strength base and, you know, get some short sprints in. Yeah. I think it depends. Like, of course, if you can't ride right now, you're going to be stuck to sprints and gym and certain places you can't even do sprints outside. So like with a lot of my riders were doing stuff on stationary bikes, different sprints on stationary bikes or sprints on the rollers and gym. I think you got to look at what the rider needs to develop specifically, like a program strength stuff or many of my riders and others for other riders were doing more explosive training. So that's what they need to improve on. So it really depends. I think like the classic models, you build strength and explosive power, speed, blah, blah, blah. I think that's very old way to think about it. And it's not specific to the rider. Um, so I think you really got to look at the needs and then figure out what works best for them uh, instead of doing a generic kind of outlook. Really good answer. I like that a lot. I think a lot of people will like that too. I think a list, there's going to be a lot of people listening that are in the same kind of boat. They can't really ride their bike with right now with the weather, the time of year. And they're kind of like, what the hell do I do? And, you know, maybe they'll yeah. take, take something from it. I think, yeah, definitely. If you can't ride, you're going to lose some feel with your bike. But as soon as you start riding for a week or two, it's going to come back, but you can, you can work on creating a lot of speed increasing power, whatever way you need to in the gym, whether it's speed or strength, there's a lot of stuff you can do that you can just, so when you get back on the bike, you're faster and just your skills need to catch up. I mean, I think a lot, what a lot of people don't realize too, is the power of visualization. So I've told a lot of my riders to visualize and to work on it. And we've been doing different exercises with it and you can improve immensely different aspects of on-track training and um, you're riding through visualization. There's an interesting study done on a, on an NCAA basketball team. I can't remember the school. Their free throw percentage was terrible. They were really bad. So for a few weeks, the, the coach didn't let them shoot any free throws. They just, they just visualized it. And then three weeks later at the next game or whatever, their percentages were way up. Your brain doesn't know the difference between visualizing something and actually doing it. So you can, like, for instance, we do what, 10 or 12 gates in a session. If you visualize it all the time, you could, you could do a way higher um, volume of work without physically exerting yourself and make relatively the same gains in it. That's incredible. Yeah. Like it makes and sense. It's, a very it's an incredible tool that most vast majority of people don't utilize. It's untapped, yeah. untapped what yeah. you can do through that. I think a lot of people, myself sometimes included one, you're like, you're lazy. Let's say you're home and you can't ride. You don't, you're like, oh, okay, I can't do anything. Let's just be lazy. Or um, maybe you just don't even think about it. You're like, oh, like what, what is visualizing going to do? But man, it can do a lot. Yeah. And like I started doing it when I had my ankle reconstruction at the end of 2014, I did it three times a week and I would do entire track sessions. I would just sit and visualize like warming up third straight, second straight gates, half laps, whatever. And I was really bad at it at first. And then six months later, I wanted to see how good I was at it. And I think at the time, like I wanted to do it. One of my goals at Appsford was to do a 29.2 lap time. And so I, I did a visualized the lap and I wanted to see how close it was. And I timed myself. It was 29.2 pretty cool hey yeah it's amazing like how good you can get at it it's really difficult and most people try it and they're like oh i suck at it i can't do it but it's like anything you just got to develop it true true um okay so a little uh tangent here to the youtube chat questions <laughs> tony Surrey says how many races does neek win from eight i thought that was a good question how many does how many of his wins does he actually win from eight i think he wins three and i think he wins them all from eight for all from eight yeah yeah okay um, I forgot this, this post was made a little while ago, but say I'm not riding for DK anymore. That was a post, right? Yeah, that was a post. 
Um, the who? Saya. Saya's not going to ride for okay. DK, so people were questioning, who do we think she rides for in the new year, if anybody? No idea. No idea. We need uh, we need our somebody. We need chatter check-in from somebody to give us the the lowdown. Hey, where's, where does this question with Mitchie, our Aussie correspondent? Right, I didn't I didn't remember to ask him that. <laughs> that would have been good. Sorry. Anyways, um, you want to get to some quick shots? Yeah, let's get to them. I don't have I don't have them in front of me. So you do want to read read them out? Yeah. Let me get to a couple here. So we go here. We go. Here, open the story. Okay. <laughs> um, it flows. It's, we're still uh, flowing, guys. Keep listening. Keep flowing. This is what we do. Uh, okay. Some of these were already answered. So, oh, from John Money BMX. Some say that they are smashers, but I think everyone should spin. What do you think? Probably, probably in regards to like gearing and stuff. I think you need to play to your physical profile strength. Some people are mashers and some people are better with small gears. If you're better with small gears, don't, don't use a huge gear in racing. It doesn't make any sense. So I think you need to race with what you're, what you're naturally best with. Like you'll, you can improve to a certain point for sure with bigger or smaller gears, but why would you, why would you put all the time and energy into being able to use something that you're not really that good at? It's kind of my thinking. It's fair. Why don't you capitalize on what you're good at at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. Um, from Sean McClaskey, 165. Do y'all think Cam Wood will continue to step it up and dominate for 2023? I do. What do you think, James? Absolutely. He keeps it rolling. I mean, he's on <laughs> fire right now. I don't see him slowing down. I think he continues to, to I want to say dominate, but he's going to be absolutely flying again. Yeah. From Riley Meyer Clement, four straights, each from a different track to make up the dream track. Which ones? We've done this before, and I like this one a lot. Yeah, this is a really good question. I think so. If I'm building a, if I'm, if I'm building a supercross track, I'm going Papandall first straight. We can't take the same ones. Let's do that. So, okay, I'll take Papandall first straight. What do you take for first straight? Chula London 2013. Oh, good one. Okay, you can take second straight first. What's a good second straight? Come on, Tori, think. What's a good <laughs> what's a good second straight? What's a good one? Just say a good one. <laughs> Literally any second straight. You want me to give you mine? One. Let me give you mine. I'm gonna I'm giving you mine. I'm gonna take Rock Hill, the old one. It's basic, but it's full speed, and you need to keep speed, but also people end up losing speed. I do like that mistakes. one. Okay. Okay, I really like that one, so I'll pick that one. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, you take that one. I'm taking I'm taking Toronto. Toronto second straight. I also kind of thought of that one. That one's good. It, it's a little mellow for my liking, but it's good. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm taking that. Actually, no, that one is fucking good. That one was perfect when it, when it was like dialed. It was money. So money. That one, a four jumper too. That's what I was really think, trying to think of too, a four jumper. Yeah, okay. Pick your third straight. Um, third straight, I'm doing, I'm doing Beijing. I'm doing Beijing third straight. That one first came to mind, but then I would, I would go Chula 2013 London also, because the, I think that's the best straightaway ever built. Sorry. Cause you have, yes, you could, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Yep. I you, hear could, you. you could triple out or go two out. 
I think that's the actually, you know what? No, fuck it. Chula Chula Rio 2016. Similar, but it had to step up out of the second turn. Yep. And then okay. you could either go, you could either go pull in and then go two two all the way through, or you could jump in and then triple out, which was super cool. So you had two options. Nasty. Super good one. Um okay, last straight, you get to go first. <clears throat> uh last straight. Um <laughs> Oh, last straight, eh? <laughs> last straight, it's just always an afterthought. No one, who thinks of a last straight? Ever? The only time we think of a last straight is when it's shit. And we're, we're the guys that are just coming on here and being like, that sucks. <laughs> so I obviously didn't race it, but I think Glasgow's last straight this year was kind of cool. Super tech. Super tech. So I'd probably, I'd probably pick that one long and tech and good. Okay. Um, I will take, eh, I'm going back and forth between a couple. I'll take Zolder. You know, it's it's not like that's a, it's not that's like super hard, but it is technical. And the last little jumps, everyone can kind of do it. But if you make a mistake, you're getting passed. That's actually, I think that's the best last straight I've ever rode in terms of supercross because it's tech. But you can go full speed, and you're rewarded for like if you can manual deep shit really well, you're rewarded big time. Totally, yeah. And that one too. I mean, you don't okay. enter it that fast with the small last turn, so. It always seemed like it was you came in with like trying to go as fast as you possibly could at it. So that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of any tr- tracks. I don't know what's going on. Just blanking. Kids blanking. <laughs> Seriously. Um, from Eddie Cannons, do you like the one jump last straights at the Grands or think a change is needed? Oh boy. I'm hitting the big red change button. The last one jump last straights absolutely suck. They're a fucking waste of time. We need an actual last straight when you have a few different jumps or rhythm section or something, not just a tabletop. Can't have it. Got to lock that one up. That one's absolutely yeah, got to burn the key on that one. Yeah. Uh, T, we have a special guest that I just randomly. Oh, he just texted me too. Oh, did it too? Okay, random special <laughs> guest joining the chat. <laughs> Carlos Ramirez, what's up? I gotta say, the sound a sound quality is just not good. Hang up and call us back. That is better. Hang up and call us back. Yeah, go for it. Give me two There we. That was that was that's a tough audio connection. Right we, we can't we can't have those kinds of sounds issues. We want Carlos to have a couple of your words on the show here, but we cannot have that audio for the people. <laughs> I mean, that's a no go. If, if that if that audio happens again, we we just we we can't have them. We're gonna have to. I'll literally have to go edit that out if that happens because that's that's can't I can't do that. No, but I would love to talk to Carlos. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from Colt Forty Five BMX, should you prioritize plyometrics or weight training? Oh, great question for um, Terry's coach's corner. I don't think like not one or the other. I think both. Like I have, I always program plyos in gym sessions for sure. They're both really important. So I don't think you. I don't think you're getting the full benefits unless you're doing both. Let me double shot it here. If you're look, if you're somebody that's to this other guy's question, by the way, double shot it to him. If you're trying to push a bigger gear, cause you know, you're not a spinner or do you do something different than if you know you're a spinner and then you're trying to spin the legs more, meaning run a smaller gear. Do you do more of like the plyos versus more of the gyms, gym work? No, I think you do different stuff more on the bike than in the gym. I don't think you, I don't think the gym wouldn't change a whole lot. Maybe it, 
maybe a little bit, but I think most of the, most of the training on the bike would be different in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. There's yeah. different ways to do it, but that's, that's how I would do it. Yeah. Um, although some people they can't do plyos, you know, I trained some older riders who can't do plyos or maybe some people have had some injuries and can't do plyos. So not everyone can do them, but there's other ways to do explosive training, obviously. I like that a lot because I'm, I'm the guy that if somebody says they can't do something because of an old injury or something or like that, I get frustrated because I'm like, work around it, find something else. Don't tell me you just can't do it. So you don't do it. That's just, it's almost not an excuse. Although some like BMXers are, our tissues aren't used to the kind of ground impact. You get a lot of shin splints up. We do. Cause we, yeah, we're not used the to that. So you have to be careful. Like for instance, if you, if you're having breakdown, minor breakdown injuries, like shin splints, that kind of stuff, it's a sign your body can't handle the load of training on it. It doesn't mean maybe overall volume, like you can, but that maybe specific exercise, it's a sign your body's breaking down and you need to be careful because you can get stress fractures in your shins and those are bitch to heal. And it's just like, it's just not worth it No, because there's some accomplish the same goal. It's like, just don't do hurdles or depth jumps then, but yeah. Work around it. Find something else. Yeah. Have a coach that can program you something different. Exactly. Um, Oh, Carlos is back. Should Should we try again? Oh, yeah, let's end the show with Carlos if he can, if he can come on. Come on, audio. Give me some decent audio, Carlos. Give me something, Medellin. We need it. Just a little bit. That's all we ask. Just a little bit. Any day. Not connecting. Okay, let's Sorry. hear the call. Can you guys hear me? There we go. Now we're back. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> oh, good, good in you guys. How's everything going? Dude, it's just awesome. The Olympic rings are glowing over your head. Oh, there you go. There they are. <laughs> That's sick. Just Mr. Olympics. Dude, how was your Christmas? Oh, no, we lost it. <laughs> <laughs> that guy got frozen, right? Yeah, you're back. Oh, he's back. He's back. Shit, internet. You got you guys have been to my house. Internet is a piece of shit here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Dude, how was how is um did you go hang out at Las Luces? Uh no, I was actually in Orlando just going to the amusement park for a while. So I wasn't here in the races. <laughs> What were you doing there? Because you were there for doing some training, obviously, but you were there for what, a couple weeks? Yeah, I was there like for two weeks. Uh, I went to chill, went to parks, and then like started looking for apartments around Oldsmar to see if I'm moving there next year. Oh, shit. Okay. So uh, that could be. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. I think I talked to Tori a while the other day about yeah. it, and that's something I've been planning for a while. So. We'll probably be there racing more USA BMX races. And next year, it's it's a great year for me. It's uh, Supercross most of the year, so it should be fun. Yeah, I was going to say, is it a strategic move, or is it because you want to do some of the USA races, like more of the USA races? Uh, both of them, okay. basically. Because, like, Oldsmar, Oldsmar is becoming, like, the place to be at. If you look at it, like, there's a lot of riders out there uh, training and everything. So that should be that should be pretty cool. You've had enough altitude training in your life being in Bogota too. I mean, I don't think you need that elevation anymore. <laughs> Go down to sea level. <laughs> well, yeah, sea level is pretty good. Weather, weather-wise, it's better. Bogota is a bit cold and rainy sometimes, so it should be it should be a good idea to be there for a while and get more people to train with and just enjoy the USA life. I could put it that way. 
Live the why, dream. Uh, why did you decide? Why did you decide in Orlando? Uh, oh, I don't know. I looked at Orlando a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of riders riding there, but like you know me, I like uh, super track, so mm. I prefer to be in Oldsmar. And if you're in Oldsmar, you have like uh, Sarasota an, uh, an hour away. So basically, that's that's way better for sure. Yeah. Fair. Did you hear any of uh, Tori's bold predictions when we were going through that on the show? Were you paying attention? I got I got <laughs> into the point that you guys were swapping into the girls' predictions, so I missed all the all the guys' predictions, but I got the girls in. You 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 won't hear us talk about how bad you're going to be this year. <laughs> yeah, go for it. That 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 just pushes me. That just pushes me to. Uh, to like go over you and just like make your predictions not work. So that'll be, that'll be a good one. I like, it. I think you're excited. How's, how's the body feeling? You healthy, excited for the year? It's healthy. Like, obviously like I've had a lot of injuries in my hand. And I think that's hitting the hand a little bit, but they're fine. I get to ride. I get to do everything in a go way, but like, obviously like gym prep, like cleans and stuff like that. I think they're out, they're out of my way. I'll just do probably hang pulls, but they work basically the same way. So it should be it should be fun. I'm excited for this new year. Excited for the new qualification for Paris. So it should be a fun long way to go together. So it'll be fun. It'll be a good year. Sorry, what, Carlos. Which bone was it in your like? Was it right in your hand that you broke in Bogota there? So like in Bogota, I broke my metacarpians. I think that's called like the two fingers on my yeah, left metacarpal, hand. Metacarpals. Yeah, that one. I broke the two fingers on the left hand, like the little one, and then the the one next to it. Uh, before that, in Nubata, I broke the pyramidal bone. I think. Okay. That's called, and I've always had broken like for a few years the escapoid. So Shit. should be fun. Uh, I'll just have fun racing on my bike. Hell That's yeah. what we do. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hell of a show today. Hell of a show. How's um, dude? How's the track? How's the Supercross track in Medellin? I heard it's not in the best shape right now. I haven't ridden that track since it was basically basically being built. Like as soon as they finished the track, I was able to ride it for like a few sessions, and it felt good. But I've heard it's not like in the best shape at the moment. You could put it that way. Like I've heard the soil tag they tried to put on didn't work. I don't know. It's been, I see videos of people riding, so it's rideable, but I don't know if it's like in a good way rideable or if it's just like those tracks you go ride for yeah. fun. You can put it that way. I don't know. Yeah. But we got a new track in Ibagu and that one looks sick. Uh, I wrote it. I wrote it as soon as they build it, and that track. It's honestly is, it's a great track. What's this one called? Sorry, what was it? Ibagi. Ibagi. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Oh, I never heard of it. Yeah, dude. How's um? How are the numbers of the local tracks in Colombia? BMX still huge. BMX is yeah, it's still huge. But like, we've got so many tracks around like the city. You know, like Medellin's got like ten in a 30 kilometer radius probably it's like there's a lot of kids that go to different tracks like if you go to Belen track at 4 or 6 p.m that thing is packed with little kids riding and everyone like the clubs riding on the track and everything so it's it's growing it's always been growing here and i think numbers 
kind of everywhere in the world are still still growing in a way. But it's like you know, it's a it's a good sport to practice. It's fun. Kids love the dirt and and love jumping and stuff. So like, it's an attractive sport. So I think a lot of bikes are being sold uh, here in Colombia for new kids for sure. Man, I didn't realize there was that many tracks in the city. Yeah, remember, I think when you came down here, we rode like four in that time. Wow. If yeah, I'm not wrong. Rode Envigado a couple times, yeah. Yeah, we were out in Bigado, Medellin, like Belen. Belen's two different tracks. You've got La Estrella, Itagui, Bello, Copacabana, Girardota, La Ceja, Rio Negro, Union. You can just keep going. We we got we've got Andrea's uh, back, uh, back back like her back basketball background. But, backyard. Yeah, the backyard. We've got Andrea's backyard and her farm. So like that's another track. You can just keep saying no, the no, names no. of those tracks and places to me because it yeah. just sounds awesome in Spanish. <laughs> there I you think go. There's, Spanish, there's... Spanish is a cool Sorry? sounding language. There you go. You you speak a little bit of Spanish. You try your Spanish when you came here. Come on, buddy. Hola, Linda. ¿Cómo estás? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, just, that's just the so word you need. That. Uh, classic. That's all I got. Carlos, what's, uh, what's your first race that you're going to be? Uh, I have no idea. Probably Houston. Probably Houston, I would say, because like Houston starts early in the season as well, like February 10th, I think, is it? 12th? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere in February. Yeah, 10, 10 to 12, yeah. So like that should be my first race, and I'll probably do Oldsmar, Rock Hill. Those are pretty much in the same, like, time lapse you could put it that way and then like i'll probably see if i go to some european races and still figuring out my calendar i've got basically everything figured out but like there's one or two races that i want to put in but don't know if i'm going to be able to like squeeze them in because like there's a lot of races going around next year if you look at the calendar with the world cups and everything that's just packed packed racing everywhere yeah do you like the schedule there's people that were kind of throwing some shade that it wasn't wasn't great, but what are your thoughts? I mean, two races in Argentina, that's going to be something. I think we've, we're getting used to, to like, two races at the end of the season because, like, Turkey was like that this year, Bogota was like that, and then uh, and then next year, or obviously this year because we're in 2023, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to put it in. <laughs> um, this year, so, like, this year we finished as well that way, so, like, we're getting used to it, so... It'll be weird in a way going back to Argentina after so many years because, mm-hmm. like, I think it's been five away, if I'm not wrong. Like years since it? Yeah, like five years since last time we raced there. Only 2019? Yeah, I was going to say three years. Okay, three years? Yeah. There you go. So, like, hopefully they'll change the track a little bit. Uh, there were some races this year, uh, the Continental Championships, and like track looked fine, so should be fun. Right. Uh, Santiago's thing, baby. They can't change anything about that place. Got to keep it the exact same. Oh come on, they gotta change a little bit on the second straight. Everyone's gonna be overshutting that shit now. Like we're going way faster than before, and that thing's <laughs> tiny. So it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be are fun. Someone's gonna triple. Are you ready to eat steak for two weeks straight? 
Yeah, there you go. Steak all the way. Um, uh, I'll probably try and do the the like Holland team um thing. They just get their own breakfast like at noon or something, so I don't get intoxicated with the food in Argentina. I'll probably try that out. See if that works. Just get what their own food. Yeah, you remember they they do like their own breakfast and like um as lunch. I don't know. It's, uh, they normally do a different thing and uh. Every- food poisoning but them so like we could probably try that one out and see if that one works yeah it's probably a good idea well dude looking forward to seeing you in houston i haven't seen you in like three years no i haven't seen you in a while it'll be fun uh, i'll get to <laughs> see you more often now that you're coaching in a go and you're going to races now that'll be yeah, fun I'll be, I'll, I'll be in houston so it'll be good to see you it'll be really good you should get a bike and ride a little bit as well yeah i'm just gonna race pro fuck it there you go. Fuck it. Just go for it. Carlos, before Get you go, you, you, one of your messages was, who am I, who are you riding for in the new year? Are you not riding on a GW in the new year? Nope. Really? Give Big us the deets. Spill. Come on. Where are we going? Um, I still can't say it. Like, um, still confidential. Like there's something new coming in. Yeah. It should be fun. Are we talking new, like a new brand, new company? Or are we going like new to the U S what, what, give me something here it's it's a new brand for me for sure like it's something i've never ridden before it's a new bike for me uh it'll be a big change i'll change bike parts bike and most most mostly everything actually it's going to be a completely new bike on my side is it well-known brand uh uh i don't know it's starting again you could put it that way or it's starting again it came back where it came back a while ago. Uh, I, I wouldn't know how to put it in a way, but you'll, you'll see it, it soon. I, Watch I, it be like Powered by GT or something. No, no, yeah, GT maybe. You'll see it soon. You'll see it, and you'll see it in a couple of days. I'll, I should get my bike. I should get my bike ready, like probably tomorrow or the day after. So bike should be ready in a while. I'll be riding it and feeling it, and should be a good change. Okay, what, well, is, what is it right what does it rhyme with? Does it rhyme with <laughs> hey, if I tell you, if I tell you what it rhymes with, I'll just give you the name straight in. Is it? Uh, a- it's okay. No, no one's listens to this either. So it's, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. come on! Everyone, everyone listens to this. Come on! It's it's something we all listen to. Even if it, even if they deny it, they'll probably put on the car, uh, going on their way to training <laughs> or something to see to see everything everything they're talking about or just listening to whatever you guys are saying this time. It's fun to listen and it's just a fun, fun, fun listening to go to a track and just like hear everything, the predictions and stuff. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening, buddy, and supporting. We appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys too. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. I've seen James all over the world, actually. Like, I always <laughs> see him. We're always saying that. It's fine. <laughs> James, is yeah. Mr. James is Mr. International. Yeah, he he he's everywhere, you know. Like he's just traveling the world. Just uh, how's that? Uh, like the Navy SEALs that they just get like a new girl every single port. That's him. He just gets <laughs> a new girl everywhere. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. That's that's Palm Daddy. Just a new female on every continent. I would actually That's it. That's just how it is. Yeah. Go for it. Um, yeah, we'll wrap up. We'll wrap the show up here, T. You got any last words? 
So thanks for coming on, Carlos. It's good to talk to you. And dude, Carlos, what's the, what's the best gate in the world? The best gate, like the hill or brand? What's the best brand of gate in the world? There's a right answer and there's a wrong answer. If you ask me, like I love Pro Gate, to be honest. That's right, Pro Gate Europe. Winning starts the Great Gate. Carlos knows winning starts the Great Gate. Yeah, I love it. It's fast. That's what's good. Hell yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks to Carlos. Thanks to Mitchie. Thanks for everyone coming on. And uh, don't forget, snap on green. Snap on green, Carlos. See you guys. Have a good one. Well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fast in the track. I hate that guy. <laughs>